podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Hey, 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 what is going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Sober Life Audio Experience. This is your co-host, B. Ryan Amaro. What's up, Roman? Yo, you got Roro in the house. Be right in the house on a beautiful San Diego afternoon. I just got to say, if you haven't seen A Star is Born, go out and see A Star is Born. It's such a great movie. Aside from that, Roman, how you doing? I'm doing actually fantastic. And just to add on to go out and see A Star is Born, pink apples exist, ladies and gentlemen. This is breaking news. In my hand right now is an apple. And on the inside of the apple, it is pink and those, tastes like lemonade. It does. It tastes like lemonade. This is crazy. It's nuts. Um, aside from that, we have a special show today because yes, we have we a do. special guest. Who do we have in the house, bro? We have the magical, incredible. I think she went to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Wizardry. I'm not sure, but uh, she's going to be dropping some bombs with us today. Libby Timmons. Hey, welcome. Thanks, guys, and thanks for the bite of the apple. Yeah, it's a first. Yeah, new experiences. Welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you. Thank you. And we always start the show off uh, with a few different questions. Okay. So uh, we just kind of prepped you before we started, so let's get into it. Okay, I'm good. Question number one, what is your vision? Oof, what is your vision? Whoa, I don't think we have long enough for that. Um, (laughs) Let's get the Reader's Digest version. The Reader's Digest version would be that... Um, we have the availability to offer recovery to all people. Mm. Amazing. You know, for people young and old, um, yeah. there's a lot of people now in the elder community that are um, experiencing significant alcohol issues. Yeah. And yeah. as well as the young people we were talking about, you know, if we could start being, you know, I love when I see people in meetings that have, you know, 10, 15 year sobriety and they started at 16. Right. Yeah. You know? More sober high schools, more sober mm. colleges, you know, more things, fun things to do. Sobriety is a lifestyle. Yes. yes. And it's a movement. Something available for everyone. Yes. Oh, you my know, gosh. Not just those that can afford it, but for everyone. Right. Yeah. Love amazing. it. Amazing. And, not, you know, it's interesting, not only that, but what I've also heard of is the elderly whose sons or daughters have passed on and now they're parents again. Right. Taking care of grandkids. Uh, yeah, right. this was uh, a Oof. guest of ours that we just recently had pointed that out to us that there's a huge epidemic right now with the obviously the opioid epidemic taking a lot of young people is leaving uh, grandparents becoming parents again mm-hmm. and having to go back to work. Right. You know, having one, two jobs to support their grandchildren. Yes. And then, uh, the, then the possible addiction with the grandchildren because of the ex- genetic. Exactly, yep. exactly. That's an amazing vision. We are excited that you are in this world. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So that's that gets us right into question number two. Question number two. Okay. What do you love? What do you love? <laughs> <laughs> well, my first answer that would be is I have a grandchild, so I think I would answer that Aww. first as, okay. as little Lily Grace, who's five and a half. Oh, um, shout out Lily. Yeah, Lily she's, Grace. She's a, she's a, um, a handful. Okay. Um, yes. That's my first answer to my love. Yes. Um, and the other ways I love life as much as I can, you know, get to the beach, go to Disney. Yeah. Um, embrace recovery. Help. Yes. And, you know, my job helps me do that. I get to help people 
get in recovery, help, get to help people maintain their jobs as much as possible Love it. on their uh, mental health and substance abuse issues. So, yes. Love it. hundred um, percent. Yeah. You are in love with life. I am. That's we're great. Just, we're just feeling all hearts. We feel here. it. We feel that love. Yeah. You, you can feel it. It's an energy, you know? You know, I think, um, uh, I can't, and my gratitude list on a regular basis is pretty long and I, mm-hmm. I'm grateful yeah. for that. I've had some wonderful mentors along the way that helped me professionally, yeah. that helped me in my journey That's as well. so important. Um, and, and I think, you know, sitting here with both of you guys, we were talking just beforehand about the youth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my youth was blessed with a lot of mentors. Mm. And, yeah. and I think that's given me the ability to have passion in my life today. Awesome. Um, so when I got here last night, I'd had a rough couple of days and I snuck in this little sports car and the um, <laughs> rental car thing. And I when it looked for, you know, nice. girls just want to have fun on the radio yes. or on my on my iPhone and, yes. you know, cranked it up and drove up to my hotel last night. And, and just had nice. fun. Yeah. And then Christina told me I had to work today. So uh, I don't know what's up with that. So. Hey, Christina. shout out, Christina. <laughs> yeah, She's you know. holding it uh, down in the, in the room next door. I just want to point out something that I think is so important that you already touched on, and that's mentorship. You know, I think that's incredibly important. You know, I, it sounds like you had a mentor or mentors that helped guide you and direct you. I was fortunate enough to have a mentor, too, that kind of taught me and showed me a way of living. And I think it's something that's not talked about enough, yeah. you know, is having a mentor. But then also when you are in the when you have the ability to give back to then become a mentor as well. You, you know, know it, go back to recovery, like Bill W., the whole yeah. foundation of AA was about mentoring somebody else, right? right? right. He said if you're struggling, then you find someone to help. Yes. And so I think that – I think you're right. Um, I work in the employee assistance world and have a new role as the president of that organization. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Shout um, out. Damn. So um, as president of EPA, what I've done is my my speech uh, last week was about finding your mentors. Mm. And then how can we, as those of us that have older gray hair like I do, how can we turn around and find young people to wisdom. mentor? I do have wisdom. wisdom. Wise. Yeah. My parents, yes. they have brown eyes for a reason, but I can't say that. There's this list of bad words over yeah. here. And yeah. I saw yeah. that first off. And people that know me know that there should be some things added to yeah. that that yeah. aren't up there. But yeah. they said y'all wouldn't bleep me. So we'll no, see what we happens. No, won't, we won't so. bleep. No, we're you know. good. No, Let it rip. <laughs> this is completely 100% unfiltered. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm going to add a few to that before I leave. Good. Um, well, as good. we get into it, let's let's hit the third question. Oh, yeah, and then yeah, I want to dive into some of your experience <laughs> and wisdom. And let's draw it out and offer it to the masses. All right. I'm good for it. So question number three, what is a book that has influenced or shaped you? So I have two books I'd say right now. One, I think To Kill a Mockingbird is is one of those books. All right. Actually, I have three. Wow. Okay. Mo- okay. That's one of my favorite books. To Kill a Mockingbird yeah. and the essence of that. You know, I'm not going to get political, but when our world of racism today, you mm. know, I think that that book really has some – Preach. <laughs> Has some really good ideas about life. Well, it still has significance, right? It, it does. Many years later, it's still yeah. super relevant. And I think it was ahead of its time in some ways with the with mm-hmm. the teachings of the book. Oh, definitely. The, the second book, um, an angel in my world taught me about the C.S. Lewis, the Chronicles of Narnia. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And in the Chronicles of Narnia, there's one of the books that have not been made into a movie and probably won't be. It's called The Horse and the Boy. Okay. And it's really about um, learning what your own life lesson is versus trying to make someone else's. Less you you make someone else have a lesson. 
Okay. And um, okay. so, and I think the concept of, of life and working through our challenges and, yeah. and struggles, like with recovery versus <sighs> emotions and disease and faith and that sort of thing. I yeah. Mean. So my last set would be the Harry Potter series. Hey, got um, it. And and I have to say one of Favorite my book? one of my heroes in that. I think the first one in some ways. Really? Here's why. Okay. Because Neville Neville, Neville Longbottom, Longbottom. Yeah. My hero all the way. <laughs> really? Okay? Because in the first book, at the very end, he stood up to him and said, this is not okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Right. And he was willing to take a stance against something because he wanted to have that ability to have that stance. Well, he was also the one that really, I feel like, defeated Voldemort. Right. Like, let's be real. If yeah. it wasn't for him, right. come on. Yeah. And and yeah. so I think he was an under under recognized character in in the in the series. Definitely. Oh, wow. um, Definitely. And so, you know, I think more people need to stand up for what's right yeah. and what they believe in versus buying into be the Be like yeah. Neville. Be like Neville. Be like Neville. Hashtag be like Neville. Yeah. Love it. We just started a new movement. Yeah. Hashtag be like Neville. Livy, I get the sense that like you're you fight for the underdog. I do. Like I'm already yeah. like I'm feeling that right you now. You go to bat for a lot of people, don't yeah. you? I do. Yeah, yeah you do. Nice. And that's amazing because the world needs people like you. Yes. It really does. Thank you. So thank you for what you do. And now we can hop in to the fun, the meat and the potatoes. Yes. Let's get the grind. Let's get the story. Where are you from? What happened? Where, like, give us the rundown. The rundown. The yeah. whole rundown. We're, oh, just a little context. A little context. Just to yeah. kind of, you know, provide yeah. the Who the are centers. you? Yeah. Um... Well, let's see. I like to go to Disney. Okay. Um, I like to go to the beach. Disneyland or Disney World? Both. Okay. Um, I have to hit both. I just kind of snuck a um, work trip that actually had a day that I <laughs> kind of made. Found, uh, next thing I knew, I found myself in Orlando for an afternoon. I, I don't know I, how I don't, that happened. I don't know how it happened either. Yeah. But, you know, Got it. Speaking of Harry Potter, right? That's it. Yeah. yeah. I've, been, I've been to Universal at, at both places. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So um, technically, I'm here. I work for Elements Behavioral Health. I'm mm-hmm. their um, EAP, employee assistance, union. Shout specialist. out, Elements. And so for those that don't know, Elements is a Elements behavioral health. is a behavioral health program that has 12 residential programs around the country. Boom. And we specialize in dual diagnosis, trauma, um, addictions. Um, and we actually really have dual diagnosis programs. The real deal? Like the real, the real thing? Right. There we not go. Just say it. Not, just not just say just it. It's not just on the pamphlet? Not just on the pamphlet. <laughs> not just on the internet. You know, it's the real deal. Nice. Um, Amazing. And I'm blessed to work there. These guys really accept my uniqueness, and I definitely am not <laughs> I'm not an employee that fits in a box. Good. Um, and uh, the and my especially is the EAP world cool. um, and addictions. Been cool. doing that for a long time. So yeah. for our listeners, can you um, explain, you know, this world of insurance and EAPs and and uh, ERISA policies versus uh, PPO versus HMO. I don't Let's know just what he's talking about. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a different <clears throat> language that just yeah. got created. Just for a ease of use. Just what's EAP stand for? What's it mean? EAP. So employee assistance programs are professionals. Um, there's programs and professionals. So the programs are large companies, usually companies that have 50 employees or more. They will offer services within your insurance packet. You don't have to have their insurance to utilize the EAP. Oh, wow. If if you don't know if you have it or not, check your human resources website or your benefits website. Okay. And it should have a number on there and it should say EAP and a a number. Um, Typically, those organizations will give you um, elder care resources, child care resources, 
Some of them that Damn. are really full service EAP have um, contracts with lawyers. Like if you're in the middle of a what? divorce, wow. and they give you like ten percent off or a consult or free to half an hour consult. Typically, what people nice. use them for are like for um, if somebody's going through a divorce and they need some yeah. counseling, but mm-hmm. they're not too sure. Work related stress. Okay. They do a lot of work with first responders, and so they have a lot of unions that help them out. Peer support. Nice. The biggest thing that people would know, like here in the fires, when we had the fires here right, a few right. years ago, that there was crisis counselors that brought came in from all over the country wow. to help meet with people, to help coordinate with the Red Cross. Um, some companies have internal EAPs, like we're talking yeah. about. Um, if you work for a hospital, usually hospitals have a lot of internal EAPs. A lot of other people okay. now have outsourced it. Yeah. What people don't realize is that if companies spent the money, we're going to go into insurance, but if companies spent the money for EAP, it actually saves them money in the long run. Because, like, let's take a, a nurse, right? Yeah. So a nurse that does not know that they can get help and they are struggling with some sort of life thing, then they're going to be distracted, so they get distracted, they make a med error, right? And that costs somebody a major problem. So then the hospital gets sued because the person made a med error. Yeah. Uh, so if the supervisor knew the person was maybe going through a divorce, and they offered them to go see the EAP, and the person got their stress dealt with, then they're going to come back as an no employee. Yeah. That's able to right. stay focused, right? Uh, or if they have it. an addiction issue and they get help, then again that saves the company. So to replace a nurse. You know, a nurse, my sister was a nurse, yeah. um, uh, RN. And Mr. Bry is a nurse. <laughs> this, this yes. is it. So to replace a nurse usually costs about $70,000 yeah. if yeah. you left wow. and, or whatever. Nurses call the shots. That's it. Nurses call the shots. <laughs> ah. In more right. ways than one. <laughs> yeah, they do. So as first responder. Oh, I just got it. You, you just got it. That's because like, you're still eating that apple. Yeah, you know? that must be. Yeah, nurses call the shots. Nurses call the shots. And then you take a fireman or a, um, a police <laughs> officer that has an addiction problem or PTSD. Right. So they are, they get they get in trouble. They go off work. They're not able to work. So to replace right. that person, it's about two hundred thousand dollars. Whoa! Yeah. But if you took that fireman or first or law enforcement yeah. person and offered them treatment, pulled them off work, gave them what they needed to do, the time, uh, even help pay for their treatment. Yeah. They're going to come back a more loyal employee, a more healthy employee, physically, so emotionally, money. spiritually. Yeah. Saves a, it saves yeah. organization money. Wow. So, so insurance goes into PPOs, HMOs, that sort of yeah. thing. So I always tell people to the very best of your knowledge to stay away from an HMO because you lose your choice. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. You lose your choice. Yeah. Um, PPOs, you get a choice. Yeah. Yeah. You may pay extra money. But when it comes down to when you're facing a life-threatening illness and you lose your choice, you're right. going to be wishing you had that PPO option. Yeah. So just, I mean, given who you are, your profession, and what you do for a living, what is your kind of opinion on the United States insurance game? I'm just kidding. We don't have to. We're not going to go into that. Can we put <laughs> no. insurance up on the list uh, yeah. of bad words? I'm, just, I'm yeah. just kidding. We're not going into that. Because I was that. about to say, you know, something that had to be bleeped. Yeah, you know? no, so. we, we don't need to go into that. I think we all kind of have feelings about that. But yeah. it's just interesting. That industry, that world, it's it's just a, it's very interesting. You well, know, we can talk all day about the intricacies of it. The ins and outs, how it works, what it works. I think that the biggest thing is that most people don't understand insurance. Right. 
Right. right. They, they they get sold a bill of goods and they look at what's the cheapest. Right. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Instead of what's going to help my family if they need help. Right. Well, most people, I don't think they don't they're not given the right information. Right. Right. And right. If, if you look at in our world and since 9-11, mm-hmm. how many companies have had to reorganize, declare bankruptcy, redo? The only one that has not done that is what? Insurance companies. That would be correct. Wow. Does anybody know the bonuses that the CEOs of all these insurance companies get? I'm guessing seven figures. I think it's a lot of money. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's enough money to put a lot of people in treatment. Mm. You know? Yeah. And what they do is I'm a private practitioner in mm-hmm. Tucson. So my insurance payments, I see insurance clients, my yeah. insurance payments stop around October they don't pick back up until mid-January because then that way they look like they have more money. Wow. So they get bonused on that. So those of us that are in private practice, we suffer uh. right, by limp, uh, what we get paid and how quickly the payments. Now, there's a lot of people listening to this in the insurance industry go, oh, that's not true. That's not yeah. true. But I bet if you did a survey of private practitioners and asked them what their income was like between the 1st of November and the 1st of February, they'd have a lot to say about it. Wow. Well, I, I, I don't think you have to worry about the insurance people listening to this yeah they're too busy playing golf and right. taking vacations right. but what, what i'll say is that it, as far as insurance goes i think that the majority of people out there myself included for a long time it's okay go go get insurance so you go online you you type in insurance or whatever coverage covered california, covered california here right. in california right and then you fill out all the forms online and then they send you some stuff and you pick what whatever's cheapest because you insurance is expensive and i don't have the information i don't know really what i'm looking at i'm given a pamphlet or maybe somebody calls me um likely though i just pick it on my own i pay for it and then i have insurance right right and then i'm stuck with something that i don't really understand and then the first time i go to the hospital i'm hit with this bill that i thought was you know and it's just I think that that is the case for the majority of the public Right, is not really understanding this thing that we're spending a lot of money on mm-hmm. that we all have to have. Right. Right. Not that we should have it anyway, but now you have to have it. Right. And if you don't have it, you get hit when you do taxes, you get fines, you get penalties. Well, it should be I mean, universal in my opinion. And I'll just leave that there. Right. Yeah. yeah. I have a friend that was visiting Italy and he thought he had a heart attack and he went to the hospital and they did the best workup he said he's ever had in his whole life. He walked out and paid 10 bucks. Dang. Wow. Well, Libby, how did you wow. get to where you're at now? That's what I want to know. Like we talked about mentors and mentorship earlier. I don't think you just walked into president of the EAP. <laughs> Hi, I'm here. You guys can. I, I'm ready to go. No, she was I'm, at Disneyland. Well, yeah. Disneyland. I, it was in the Fast Pass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, give us a little bit of the backstory. Um, it sounds like you grew up. Did you grow up in Arizona? Did you have a? Uh, you went to school for LMFT. So I grew up in North Carolina, South there Carolina, Georgia. Oh. Bring it on home. <laughs> the South. The South. I was born in Savannah. My father was ah, in the furniture industry. Beautiful. Savannah. Savannah, Georgia. There it's a we beautiful go. city. So um, I, in like, I was in college, and a friend of mine suggested that I come work at this group home where she was working. Okay. And so I started working my way through college that way. And Did you and, know that you wanted to do this? I I think I – well, the truth is I've probably been a caretaker therapist since I was about four or five years old. Oh, um, I think okay. most people in this industry, 
Yeah, I'm, fi- I'm 58. I, I don't mind telling my age. So I've been doing this shit for a long time. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, but officially. Yeah. Um, seasoned veteran. Seasoned veteran around 79. I started working with kids in, in group homes. And um, then nice. I decided to take a detour and uh, flunk out of college on purpose so I could live at the beach for a while. There we go. And, Makes um, sense. Yeah. I thought it made a lot in of Georgia? sense. In Georgia? Um, in South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, okay, South Carolina. Okay. Right. So another beautiful there, city. There you go. So then, yeah. somewhere I got wise after working two or three jobs on the beach and decided that I probably need to go back to school. And <laughs> so I took my little butt back to school and then started working in residential treatment centers for adolescents. Oh, uh, nice. So Fun. I, went, I went from ten, six to ten year olds, ten to thirteen to adolescents. Yeah. Um, I went to residential adolescent. I bet treatment. you did. Somehow yeah. I thought that might happen. Yeah, you I did. did. <laughs> I sure did. So from there, yeah, there's a lot of other places. Um, From there, I um, one of my mentors helped me get in recovery. Nice about that time, and um, continued my journey. Finished my master's, um, and then have done a little bit of everything since. IOPs, intensive outpatient programs. Yeah, developed a lot of them. Um, Then I was. In private practice in Charlotte, North Carolina, for a while, and wow. then got another wild hair and said I wanted to go get my PhD. And there we go. My mom had an eighth grade education, so she thought education was really important for her children. Yeah. So I found okay. this program in Tucson, Arizona, and thought, "Oh, it's great! I'm gonna go to Tucson and do this." And yeah, you know, I put packed my little car up and drove from Charlotte miles. to Tucson. From, from Charlotte to Tucson. Wow. Now. <laughs> Quite a change. Little stint in Louisiana in that process a oh. little bit. Um, took some time down there with one of my mentors. In, New Orleans? Uh, Baton Rouge. Ah, okay. Another so beautiful city. Go to New Orleans every now and then. beautiful cities. Yeah. 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 I've been lucky. So yeah. um, landed in Tucson and was getting into this PhD program and talked to the guy. And he said, oh, I forgot to tell you, we closed the program. <laughs> oh, no. They did one of those. So then I was a little shocked for a little bit, and by the time I became unshocked, I was still in Tucson. So here I am. Here you are. 26 years ago. Changing the world. How did you run into Elements, or did they run into you? So Elements. Disneyland. Disneyland. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) There are home offices in Long Beach, so it's not too far. Um, (laughs) Actually, a a friend of mine uh, recruited me because they really like having some clinicians on on staff. Right. So my specialty with employer groups, I started doing employer groups back in Charlotte, um, working with flight attendants. And so it's been a theme of my career, um, Mm. was a major responder in Tucson. We had the Gabby Gifford shooting. I worked with some of the employees at the um, um, shopping center where the shooting took place. Oh, wow. So I have a long career in that um, and just have been very lucky. So. I had a couple of mentors when my business partner got a call from one of my mentors and this guy named Randy Brooks who said I needed to do my advisement for employee assistance. And I came in and I looked at my schedule one day and I was supposed to be at his office. I didn't know why. And um, I finished my advisement, took my exam and got certified and oh, then yeah. got involved in the um, organization. Like so, a wow. boss. There we go. <laughs> like a boss. I wish it was that easy. I wish it was that it easy. It sounds super Easy. Yeah. You're just like, well, and then I just went, and yeah, that's what happened. I just hung out of the beach, and then I went and did this, and I was like, yeah, I'll just get my PhD, and then I went, and it was closed, but you know what? Made it yeah. work. Yeah. You know, it was like- Handled it. Well, I think that's the gift of recovery, right? Right. Is that, you know, if you really 
believe in what the 12 steps offer. Yeah. And you do your own emotional recovery work as well, you know, committed to a lot of, of world. Yeah. Then I can, I can help people today. I can help families. I can use my yeah. clinical background and my clinical experience. And, yeah. you know, working in residential settings, I know what they answer when families have questions like, mm-hmm. well, what's this like? Right. What's that like? You know, um, I've worked in those settings. I've worked right. in a lot of different treatment centers in my career and, you know, so I you've kind of like just kept just going and going and going and like an energizer money. Yeah, yeah. And it's just yeah. I think that's a, also a testament of sobriety, of recovery. Sorry, recovery, not sobriety. So in recovery, it kind of opens doors. Right. Right. And then it's up to us to walk through those doors. And it sounds like you just walked through a bunch of doors. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's yeah. a I heard a saying in a meeting one time um this one was talking about the there's a saying in in twelve steps about when one door closes another one opens, mm-hmm. but you know what happens is there's a hallway and they forget to tell you about that hallway mm-hmm. you know and and I'm not a very patient person, and so sitting in yeah. that hallway is not a lot of fun mm-hmm. and so I heard somebody say, "Well, decorate the hallway mm. you know there you go, just keep decorating the hallway till the door opens and, I love and, that, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna so, steal that you can have it. All I right. stole it from somebody else. So I'll well, pass I'm, it along. I, it's mine. It's all yours. <laughs> yeah. Rome's Decorate the hallway. Let me use that. So, uh, what what excites you? Like, what gets you passionate about uh, about what you're up to? What has you feel good about it? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, um, he's, a, he's a good question. He's a good question. I'm impressed with his questions. You know, yeah. Like, Got it. Hashtag Brian. Yeah. Here we go. Hashtag so, Brian. <laughs> hashtag <laughs> questions. I'm doing the, the question dance. Yeah. You know, I think what excites me is, is in uh, my work life is that when I could, I, I have a gentleman that I'm working with that's a first responder, and mm-hmm. it's very hard to get him to go from his hometown to treatment. Um, he's very scared to leave his hometown, mm-hmm. go someplace different, that right. sort of thing. And so I went and paid him a visit at, at the treatment center last week. And, nice. Um, he gave Get me a big that. hug and said, you know, thank you for talking me into this. And, you know, I don't trust people because of my world, but, you know, you're right. This is exactly where I needed to be. And, you know, I felt, I felt, I kind of have emotions now about it. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I, if I could save that guy, then what happens then is that guy gets to be a better dad. Yeah, and then those kids get to have a better parent. Yeah, wow. and so then the world gets different. It's the ripple effect. The ripple effect. It's uh, you know, you just sharing that story. It's um, it kind of gets me a little emotional because it, it's beautiful, right? That you took your time out to go see somebody because you care about them, and in an industry where it would seem like that is the default, right? That that's common it's not very common anymore no and so and and we can talk we can talk about that for days but we won't but what i i'd like to just acknowledge you for that because i think that what this industry needs for the future of this industry is more love more heart more compassion more caring right right because we're helping people but it's it's not just a guy him into treatment where he needs to go. It's following up. It's checking on him. It's personally going to see him. It's building connections, relationships, right? Because at the end of the day, it's it's more than just helping people. It's helping others, right? The ripple effect. Right. His kids, right? Yeah. The people he works with. 
That's it. He's going to go back and find mm-hmm. another firefighter that's struggling. And he right. can say to that person, hey, it, this is okay to struggle. Yeah. And I got some answers for you. you know? yeah. I, have a, I have a text that I just got from somebody that I placed in treatment in Pennsylvania. And, and I happened to be in the area, so I made sure I got to see him. That's great. And um, he left, and I made him go to an intensive outpatient program. Mm-hmm. Wasn't happy about it because he really wanted to go back to work. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, I, I want to make sure you stay sober right. longer. Yeah. So he just finished his six weeks, and I got this really amazing text that said, you know, I didn't like you. I didn't appreciate what you did. You know, when you came to see me yeah. at the center, I had all this list of complaints. And now I'm at a place that I just finished my OP, and my world is different. I and, love that. And it's like that 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 gives me passion. Yeah. You know, what I hate is that in my career, um, I've had more people die in the last five years mm. from their disease. Yeah. And I hate that getting them help is hard. I hate yeah. that people don't want to go get help and surrender. Yeah. You know, that our, our world tough. doesn't make it okay yeah. to ask for help. Well, you know, uh, we did a show on, on the stigma. Mm-hmm. And when you look up stigma, synonym, it, it's stain. Right. And And I can see how, you know, Addicts were not always the easiest people to deal with, right? Our distrust or unreliability, a lot of times the way we act out, which is really a call for help, but it's is no less can come off pretty abrasive. Right. Yeah. Um it's tough and you know, we're we're a group of people that that have special needs. And um it's we just, we acquire special attention. Yeah. Right. And um yeah, I love what you're doing. I love what you what you stand for. I love your compassion and just your just your passion. Your your passion for your li- your life. Thank you. Right? Because it's it's infectious mm-hmm. and I you know, I'm guessing here, I don't know, but I, I, I say it's safe to assume that probably the people that you work with are on fire and passionate about life too mm-hmm. due to what you bring. I think they think I'm a pain in the ass on a well, regular basis. So, but you that's know. A, that's a hundred percent okay. <laughs> yeah, but I I assume that wherever you go in life, you cheer people up. Mm. I mean, you've just brightened this room, and our our listeners, I'm sure, are getting a ton of out of this because um, that's who you are. Yeah. And again, I just want to go back to this industry, this addiction treatment, this recovery, this mental health treatment, this substance abuse industry unfortunately, is not doing well. You know, it takes advantage of people. There's a lot of people out there that are taking advantage of of vulnerable people. And I get pretty upset about that. I Mm -hmm. have a really strong list of ethics, and and, I'm pretty upset when people take take advantage of of other folks, whether it be elder or the, the folks that are, you know, trying to get clean and sober and right. have a friend whose whose niece was talked into getting on a plane from Florida and coming across country to a, to a program. In and Orange County, maybe? It might have been. Yeah, it sounds been. about right. Got yeah. here two days later. Oh, yeah, your insurance doesn't cover it. And yeah. Bye. Bye. And I'm yeah. like, wait a minute. What happened to the ethics? Yeah. You know? It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, um, so, it, yeah. It, it, makes, it makes me sick. I think it's. I think there's a special place in the world for people that behave that way. Yeah, Joe. It's called Joe. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> no, and or it could ha- be hanging out with Professor Snape. Hey, yeah, there, yeah, exactly. there you go. Both. <laughs> yeah, both and, you know, and uh, I don't want to talk about that too much because 
that's a whole nother conversation and yeah. we can talk all day about ethics and the lack of in this industry, but it's just nice and refreshing to have someone in the house that is in a position that's in a pretty high position in a power position that has excellent ethics, moral standards, you know, because I believe that that is what leadership is, mm. you know, and in this industry, everything trickles down. Yeah. So the way who you are at the top of the business of the food chain of your company, it trickles down to clients. Yeah. Right. And so if you have strong ethics, then that's going to show through and through to your employees, to, to everyone around you, you know, to your and, peers. and to your peers. And in this industry where it is about clients or it should be about clients. Right. And we say it's about clients. And some of us actually put clients first. You know, it's just refreshing to have that, yeah. you know, because, you know, Brian and I are younger than most people in this industry in the position that we're in. You know, we we have come in pretty <laughs> fiercely. Right. We've jumped into this very passionate, passionately about what we believe in about the change that we want to make and uh, the environment that we want to create within this. And because of that, uh, we haven't, it hasn't been always a warm welcoming, you know, but aside from that, it's almost like you can see the, the, the sea splitting, right? You have this population and this population and it's just really, it's really <clears throat> good to have like-minded individuals you know, not only in this studio right now, but just in this world. Libby, let me ask, thanks, Roman. Uh, let me ask you a question. What What do you like right now about what do you think's working uh, in the industry? In Great question. And like, what 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 has you optimistic and hopeful? Yeah. Well, I want to I want to say something yeah. to what Roman just said first, and and that is the generational piece. You know, we talk about mentors, and you know, we're sitting here. I'm old enough to be probably your parent, and um, and I. But that said, there's also young people are looking up to you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was your age and in the field, the young people looked up to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you guys have to be the leaders. We need people that are your age to attract mm-hmm. the younger folks to this. You know, they have to learn that there is sober fun. Yeah. You have to learn that there's something other than that high yeah. from all the opiate stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so from that perspective, then I, I really want to honor and acknowledge what you guys are doing because well, thank you. people need to find people to look up to, you know, appreciate um, that. Right. other than their computers and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So. So your question was, what irritates me? No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what what uh, what makes you hopeful? Yeah. What's working? Um, well, the fact that I'm sitting here with you guys is hopeful. Hey, yeah, there you, you know? go. Um, that there's more and more people out there really yeah. being ready to tackle the the things that aren't working, yeah. you know, and to attract young people into the organization and to attract young people into recovery, mm-hmm. um, and to know that there's sober living, you yes. know, that there is sober life. That, yeah. That life does happen after. Yeah. I know. I, I'm, I'm like, Shout where's out my sober hat? Life. You know? Hashtag sober life. I'm, I'm going to have to get a hat for yeah. the day's over, guys. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. We got you. So, yeah. so, you know, I think that's important. I, I think that, you know, 
there's there are ethical yeah. treatment providers out there. Um, yeah, I've worked for some. I'm working for one now. Yeah, yeah. I think that like I'm impressed with the leadership at Elements that is yeah. willing to look at what do we need to do, how do we need to stay current, you know, how do yes. we help people, right? You know? Elements made a decision a couple of years ago to go from a private pay organization to an in-network organization. That means they lost a crap ton of money yeah. making that decision. Mm. But what they did was they decided that helping people was more important than than the bottom line dollar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, I think, is important. Mm-hmm. You know, when the more and more people see that, wait a minute. This is we've got to figure out how to help people. Right. Um, there's 26. I think SAMHSA's latest statistics are there's 26 million people out there that are actually qualify or in need of treatment of some type, mm-hmm. whether it be a, a residential inpatient, right. IOP, yeah. sober living, extended living, private practice, whatever. Right. But there, yeah. the, the second piece of that statistic is there's only about six or seven million that know the treatment's available. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and then there's that whole other component that doesn't know it's available. Mm-hmm. And then there's that component that doesn't that knows it's available but doesn't know how to reach it. Right. And so what you guys are doing right. here with this podcast and, and being on Facebook yeah. and being ethical and being out there says, you know, there could be somebody right now today at home that's struggling and they run across this. There this for on, sure 100% is. Yeah. Right. And and there's somebody out there that runs across this on Facebook and sees, yeah. you know, here's you guys saying, look, there is a life out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we're young men and there yeah. is a life out there. Yeah. So that gives me hope. Yeah. You know, we can hopefully reach more people. I, I'm old. So I'm, I'm like, you know, this Quidditch. whole Facebook thing yeah. and, and I'm not on Facebook except for, for one person and it's yeah. hidden. Yeah. But there's a five and a half year old knows how to find her mom knows how to find me on Facebook. Yeah. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, but, you know, that's all professional. But, right. you know, there's that's how you reach people today. Well, this is the generation. It is the generation. This is the future. Yeah. And I think it's important to recognize that this is the future. You know, one thing that I preach a lot, you know, not not just to clients, but to other treatment professionals when I go and I speak at these places is, listen, addiction and alcoholism has evolved. It's not going away either. It it is not the same. It's not going away. It is not the same that it was 50 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, two years ago. It is evolving. Addicts and alcoholics are evolving. Therefore, treatment should evolve as well. And for a large, like, for the large part, it hasn't. Right. It has not evolved. Mm. This is the evolution yeah. of this industry. And it is up to us. We are the next generation of leaders in this industry. And it is our responsibility to turn this around and to work at innovating treatment, at doing what's best, figuring out what works, what doesn't work, toss what doesn't work, and just keep going yeah. until we find what works. Because... <clears throat> Right now, with those statistics, right, and the statistics that we found, which is roughly 9 to 10% of the population suffers from some sort of substance abuse, right? And out of that 10%, only 1% will find treatment, right? That, that, that's crazy. And then that 1% that finds treatment, their chances of getting a year sober going into treatment is 3 to 5%. And that's inflated. That's pro- it's probably lower, Right. So those are terrible, terrible statistics. We are failing as an industry. Any other industry with those statistics would be out of business. 
if the airplane industry had a 3 to 5% success rate, no one would ever fly, <laughs> right? But this industry, it's okay because that's the norm. Well, it's up to us to say it's not okay. And the other piece of that too, Roman, is that let's talk about computers and online and screen, oh, you know, addiction. addiction. And so, yeah. I mean, yeah. there was an article in Time Magazine a couple of years ago about your age group yeah. and how many people are actually doing damage to their penises yes. from yeah. chronic masturbation yeah. to online porn. Mm-hmm. You wow. know? And yeah. so there's a guy named David uh, Green. Field, I think it is, who's out of Connecticut, who does a, has a website called Virtual Addiction. Mm-hmm. And so he, when he works with people that have virtual, this is not porn addiction, but this is like gaming yeah. and, yeah, and yeah. that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, he he tells people to limit their their um, screen time to two hours a day. Wow. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and that sounds absurd, right? right? But it's yeah, we had a guest. We on, all sit here, right? Yeah, we had a guest on last year, Cam Adair, who. Yeah. Um, Game quitters yeah. is his thing, and he tackles he the video speaks, game addiction all over the world. He did a TEDx yeah. on it, and yeah. it, it's incredible the yeah. amount of people who are addicted to video games, who are addicted to social media, Instagram, Facebook, you know, YouTube. Um, there's, <clears throat> and it's our generation and the generation younger than us. Yeah, what are they, Gen Gen Z? What's I don't what's even in know. this generation? No. We're millennials, right? Yeah. Gen X? I think it's Gen X. Gen X. X, Y, Z. So these Gen Xers are like, I mean, I'm pretty handy. We're pretty handy on the phones and whatnot. But these Gen Xers, they're on it constantly. So that being said, we need to recognize that. We need to, as professionals, as leaders, recognize that that's where people are at. And for our for for those that are struggling with addiction, alcoholism, substance abuse, whatever, that's where they're at. They're on Instagram, they're on Facebook, they're watching yeah. this, they're watching podcasts. That's where we need to be to say, Hey, listen, there's a solution. Yeah. Like we're here. If you're struggling, reach out. Yeah. Cause you're not gonna reach out. So we need to reach out to you. Yeah. So before we wrap it up. Enough said. Um, I will say that I read an article the other day that there was a baby and their first word was Alexa, even before mom and dad. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's killing me. That's yeah. Killing wow. Me. Yeah, so that, and that's, that's who's coming up. That's it. So uh, before we wrap it up, Libby, what is something you would say right now to someone struggling? They're listening right now. It's okay to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, that that is that stigma like you were talking about. Yeah. I, I mean, I know for myself that when I first got into recovery, I didn't like to ask for help. And yeah. I was in North Carolina. So I took six years of Spanish through, you know, high school, college. And so I just started saying it in Spanish. Yeah. And, and then at that point, nobody really understood what I was saying. Right. Um, but, you know, at least I started saying it until I could yeah. say it in English. And yeah. that wow. it's the three hardest words in the in our world. But it's the three most important words, which is yeah. I need help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the second piece of that is will you help me? Yeah. And letting someone help you. Being willing. Being yeah. willing. You yeah. Know, the willingness there. So Y'all heard it here on the Sober Life Audio Experience. This guys, is your co-host, Brian Amaro, guys, signing off. Yeah, thank you. I just want to thank you and acknowledge you guys. Uh, appreciate you coming on our show. Yes. Being, being on, dropping wisdom, sharing yes. your experience, yes. strength, and hope. Yes. And for those that are tuned in, I appreciate you guys. Listen, I'm I'm asking your help. Please share this. 
on Instagram, on Facebook, wherever, please share this because you can be part of the movement and you can be part of the solution. You never know whose life may change by listening to the message in this podcast and other podcasts. So if you feel like you don't have a spot in this movement that you cannot help, that is a lie and a f- and that's false. So please share this, like it, uh, send it to people that you know that are struggling. You can be part of the solution. It is up to us. We have a responsibility. Real quick, Libby, where can people find Elements at? You can Google Elements Behavioral Health. Perfect. Um, and there's an 800 number. We have a call center. Awesome. Um, some fabulous people to answer the lines. And, awesome. Um, there's also an e-form that you can fill out if you're afraid to call somebody. Perfect. Y'all heard awesome. it here. Do it. So again... Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the The Sober Sober Life Life Audio Audio Experience. Share it, motherfuckers. (laughs) Check it out. We got some for you too, Libby. Don't worry. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.